This is Becoming Your Brand with me, Sarah Holmes, a brand strategist, teacher, content lover, former designer, and your biggest cheerleader. I know that you're building a business that you're so passionate about that you want to shout it from the rooftops, but sometimes your voice gets lost with everyone else shouting around you too. The online world is busy, and I want to help you find your true place in it, so you can stand out, show up naturally online, and show your audience that out of everyone in your industry, you are the person that they just have to work with. So grab yourself a coffee, or get on with that workout, enjoy that morning walk, whatever it is that you do while you're listening to your podcasts, and soak in everything from this week's episode. Let's dive right in. Okay, so welcome to another episode of the Becoming Your Brand podcast, and I'm so excited to have a brand strategist with me today, Melinda Livesey, um, who is a graphic designer turned brand strategist and the creator of the Brand Strategy Bootcamp. And her aim is to help make brand strategy and life easier for the creative overthinker. So fun fact as we start this interview Melinda I met I found you actually because I was running like a small group program called brand strategy Bootcamp, and I googled that and you came up <laughs> isn't that a coincidence that is oh my gosh yes um I I think that was so funny I was like searching for like other people who were doing kind of teaching brand strategy to entrepreneurs and there you were and I was like wow I I really love like your story and everything that you kind of stand for and I kind of um stalked your Instagram a little bit in your website um and I, I saw that one of the things that you said about brand strategy is that it was the missing piece that you'd been looking for throughout your design career which I think was quite a long design career before you got into strategy why do you say it was the missing piece that you'd been looking for yeah yeah it was about i think nine years into my design career before i learned what brand strategy was and i i was a very frustrated designer so i worked in-house at a company i also did a lot of freelance and many of the projects i never i i wasn't clear on why we were creating what we were creating and i wasn't clear on who it was for there was a lot of missing pieces on why should we even do this? Is this even something that we should do? Does it make sense? Is it connected to a larger purpose or a goal? And I wasn't given that information. And a lot of times I didn't even know to ask for it. I just knew that I didn't have enough to work with to design. And I always thought it was an issue with me as a designer. So I started to question myself. I started feeling like an imposter. I started worrying that maybe I should change my career because I'm not able to design and feel very fulfilled in what I'm doing. And I just didn't know what it was I was missing. And at one point I did tell one of my bosses, you know, I think we're missing a strategy. I think we're missing like a goal or I'm missing something that I'm not able to do what I, what I know I can do as a designer. And so I started to form words around this of what I was missing. And yeah, it was about nine years into my career that I finally learned what brand strategy was and, and getting the purpose behind what the whole brand is about so that anything we create is in alignment with that strategy and it's getting towards an overall goal whereas um previously it just felt like we were designing for the sake of designing just because hey this thing needs to be done so just do it and make it look good and that was the extent of the direction and it's very frustrating and how long ago how long ago was that that was in 2017 that i learned about it so we're going on what uh seven years now almost 
it's kind of surprising to me to think that you're working did you say for an agency it was that you were working um it was for? an in-house so it was a it was a business like a brand okay and and they didn't have any type of strategy process for their designers at the time not that i they had briefs that came in from mm -hmm. different departments so we'd get briefs from retail we'd get briefs from marketing but a lot of times they were incomplete or there was just information i was i felt that as a designer i was missing and and maybe not because some designers were fine with it and they were able to run with it but for whatever reason i personally needed to know more information i wanted to know why are we doing what we're doing whereas some designers are like i don't care i'm giving the direction and i can just execute on this but i think just how i am and i question a lot of things i wanted to know like yeah but why are we doing what we're doing and so it was almost like i wanted to be on the other side of the brief i wanted to be on the side where we decide what we're going to create and why we're going to create it and so i just felt like maybe i was i was in the wrong career <laughs> that it wasn't it wasn't necessarily um how the business was run that was poor it was more of like i think i was in the wrong place because of the way i wanted to think and what i wanted to do and that's like the the prime what's the word like characteristic to be a good strategist is that curiosity right and like asking all the questions and really like pulling out those answers and knowing the why behind everything and like even when someone tells you why going a little bit further and going but what else uh, what else can you tell me you know that's like really what makes a good a good brand strategist so if you had that curiosity it sounds like yeah you were you're in the wrong the wrong role yeah exactly and i think i don't know if you found this but i I found that even now, I think brand strategy is becoming more well known, but a lot of people, including like um, business owners, founders, startups, where they know this concept of branding, they don't necessarily know really what brand strategy is. Or that's what I found when I've had, you know, discovery calls with people or, you know, everyone seems to be looking for like marketing help and sales help. And they talk about brand, but very surface level, like design and brand things. Do you find like, do you find the same thing that it's not as well known or am I just in different circles and I'm looking, talking to the wrong people, but maybe a little bit of both um, because it depends. Like there's some places where I go and people don't know about it at all. And then there's others and it's starting to become more known just because it's been being talked about a lot more online. So there are more people that are, that are understanding it or asking for it. So I think it's slowly but surely getting more known but it's not you know there's a lot of people that still don't know what it is or don't know why it's important or think that they need to do other things first which might be true but um but yeah and sometimes there's like it for some people they define it under marketing too mm -hmm. so then you just have to find out how people are defining things and what they think of it and and all that but at the core of it it's just how do we become top of mind when the person is ready to purchase we want them to think of this business and branding is going to help them do that and so i try to find different ways to describe it because i do find that some people they don't know what it is and some people they know they have an idea of what it is but they can't describe it or you know so i, I keep trying to find ways to describe it in a way that's like really easy <laughs> because i want to understand it in an easy way and i want other people to as well no matter where i'm at yeah, I think I, I've got to the point now where I try to not use the word brand strategy, even though that's what it is. It's like, okay, well, how can I explain this? And yeah, it's true. I've heard people who, I mean, I didn't study anything to do with design or marketing at university. I was a language student, but I, I heard that 
people who have studied marketing um, degrees, a lot of the things that we do in brand strategy is actually like included in that marketing bucket as well. So a lot of people probably assume that it is just marketing and don't know how to separate the two, the two ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I agree too. And, um, and I come from a design background, which is like, makes it really weird and muddy because a lot of the people do come from a marketing background who do branding or brand strategy. And then me coming as a creative, I'm not just coming as a creative, I'm coming in with like the creative thinking too. And I apply that to brand strategy. So then it's like a whole other thing that I'm sure the marketers are not happy about. <laughs> so you proudly have this, um, on your Instagram profile, on your website, that you are an uncertified brand strategist. Um, tell me more about what that means to you. Yeah, well, I'll tell you a little bit about the backstory. It was a few years ago when Clubhouse was at the height of Clubhouse at the early on in the pandemic. And I had been talking to, like I, I train a lot of brand strategists and I was talking to a lot of them and I heard from many different ones that they wanted to get certified as a brand strategist through different places. Like there's there's different teachers and people who teach it that do offer certifications, which I have nothing against certifications. I just want to say that right now. It's just that when we get certifications and we still feel like an imposter, I think that's really the problem. It's not about the actual certification. It's about our internal state and what we're feeling, even when we get that external validation. So a few years ago when I was talking with them, some of them had mentioned that they wanted to get certified because they felt like that would set them apart from everyone else that was a strategist. And I thought, well, that's interesting because if everyone were to get certified, that doesn't set you apart anymore. How ironic for people who are trying to help businesses stand out. We're actually doing the opposite with our own businesses. So I just thought that was really weird. And then I thought about that for a while. I went on Clubhouse and I was looking through just a list of people that were following me and I was following them. And, and as I was scrolling, it was a lot of brand strategists and almost every single one in their profile said certified brand strategist, almost every single one. And then it made me think back to the people who said, I want to get a certificate so that it can set me apart. And I thought, well, here is an example of how it's not working. And so as a joke, I put uncertified brand strategists and I thought, well, because I had, I was having conversations with my team about it, how we didn't ever want to give a certificate partly because we were lazy and other, because we just thought it was weird. Cause we're like, who are we to gatekeep and give people certificates when who, I don't want you to copy and paste my process. I want you to learn how to think and then you develop your own. Like that's how I teach. So we had been talking about it for a while. So then I just put on my profile uncertified brand strategists and I had some friends who are like very good, well-known brand strategists, they'd reach out to me and go, I see what you did there. That's funny. And they started noticing it. And I thought, well, isn't that what we're trying to do? Like the very thing we're trying to do is stand out. So why is everyone trying to be the same? And so that's where it started. And then it, it as I was chewing on this idea, I realized that that's at the core of really everything I teach is that I want people, I want businesses, I want our strategists to show up as themselves and to not copy and paste someone else's way of doing things or someone else's process, but really find out what makes you unique and rely on your own curiosity and not on anyone else's process or feeling like you need to put someone else's badge on your site so that you can feel okay. They're like, no, there is actually something really special about the way you do something. 
and the way you do your services, the way you run your business, your product. And I want that to shine through versus relying on any external validation that frankly, like doesn't mean much. And like in the end, and, and again, all those other courses that certify, I think they're, they're great. I've taken some of them too, but um, I just want that idea of like, you're enough and you already have what you need to get started and to, to, to go on and create amazing things and that you don't need to wait until you get a certificate to start doing great work. Like, I think you can do it right now. So ironically, are you a US certified brand strategist who has uncertified in her profile? Oh yeah, yeah, I have gone through, I went through one, um, it was a certification program. At one time I had a badge on my site and when I started developing this philosophy, I was like, oh no, 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 I gotta take it down. And one of my good friends who's a part of um, my group, uh, my brand strategy bootcamp, she had a certificate on her office wall. And so it was in her Zoom meetings. And she's like, I know, I got to take that down. And I was like, you can leave it. It's it's fine. Like, it's just an idea of like a way we can show up. It's it's okay. She's like, no, 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 no. I need to take it down. And so the next time I got on a Zoom call with her, it was so funny. She had it down. <laughs> she's like, no, because I really, truly believe in this like way of being. And she said, the more I relied on things like that, the more I wasn't confident in myself. I was trying to be confident because I had this thing, but not because I was really relying on the way I show up and how I can do strategy. So it's it's just funny. The ripple effect has been kind of funny. That's such an interesting story. It's it's true what you're saying though. I've worked with a, quite a few designers and I started off doing design myself before I got introduced to strategy. I think like most designers, then they they start hearing this word brand strategy and then you get into the books and the courses and whatever else and you're down that rabbit hole and then suddenly you're offering strategy because I remember I did a couple of projects at the beginning where I would offer like three different like, um, like creative directions basically and I would be like here's these three very different options and then by the time I was doing strategy I was like oh I present one option maybe two most and people love them and I was like oh this is really cool so you start to see like the the good the way that it helps you with the client and it saves you loads of time and you start like obviously using it but I've had designers who I've worked with who have got I don't have a design degree and they have a design degree and I have talked to them before about this kind of insecurity where they feel like, oh, I'm not good enough to offer design. And I'm sat there in front of them going, I did online courses to learn graphic design, you know? And you sat there through the whole three or four years of university and you still don't feel good enough. So it's like you're saying, you could do more and more. You could do your master's, you can do your PhD, you can do 10,000 courses, but it's the feeling that you have inside that makes the, the difference. Yes, that's so, it's, that is beautifully put because that's so true it's like we it's like we're sold um a lie that if we were to just get this extra thing and that's what marketing does to us too it's like hey you don't have what you need so if you just have this extra thing if you have the extra degree or the certification or this extra class you, then you'll be good and then you get there and you realize like no i'm not but we're never told what will truly give us that sense of confidence and like, yes, we actually can do it. Because if people were to tell us, hey, you actually can do this thing, they would eventually be out of business because what are they going to sell us anymore? Like we had someone in our, our recent course, he's like, hey, you know, I just realized I don't have to buy any more courses. And we're like, that, my, my co-strategist, he's like, that's a great brand. That's great branding on our part. 
it's a really poor sales strategy because then like if they don't need anything else, which of course they're going to run into other things we could help them with. But it was just a funny thing because we're like, cool, we've solved your course addiction, but now you can actually do the thing. But if people, if we actually believe that we wouldn't need to buy as much as we do, we wouldn't need as much, you know, of the education that's out there as, as an, I'm saying this as an educator too, <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's crazy. And when you have that, when you start to do the thing and put it into practice and start learning on the job, you learn so much more than what you learn when you're in school. Like when I was in design school, I remember our teacher telling us like, once you get out and you're working in the field, you're going to learn a hundred times more than you ever did in the classroom. And I was like, that's so crazy. I'm learning so much right now. And they're like, no, when you're there and you risk costing the company money, when you risk looking foolish when you fail at something you're going to learn so much more in those situations than you ever are in a safe little you know petri dish of school mm, that's so true and it applies to to most jobs really i think what you learn at university isn't what you need in in everyday life and it's interesting what you're saying about that being like a bad sales strategy because i've worked with quite a few business coaches and one of the like main kind of sales things that they would teach me is this strategic product suite where you you have someone come in one thing and then you sell them into the next thing and then after that you sell them into something more expensive and it always felt like kind of weird and wrong to me when I was doing it kind of like a bit of a like that manipulative marketing type of thing you know and it always felt really wrong to me and then when I started um running my program for brand strategy I would always say to people like I don't because all these people online were like preaching this this strategic product suite to keep people buying and buying and buying probably things that they don't even need and I would say to people like potential clients and clients who I was working with I was like I don't want you to need me I want you to learn something from me and then take it away and and use what I've taught you like whatever structure framework like how to figure out your business and use that and you don't have to keep coming and like line in my pockets to be able to run your business but I think that there's a lot of people out there who that is their strategy to make more sales and it's always felt really kind of icky to me yes I love that you said this because this is something that's been coming up in a lot of conversations I've had recently is I don't it's like a toxic relationship like I don't want the person to need me of like why they're with me I want them to want me I want them to be with me. Same with clients and same with customers. Like I want people to be in our groups, not because they're desperate to have their problem solved. There's a time and place to, to need something and to get what you need. And that is totally fine. I'm not that I am. It's more of like a, it's, I want to say luxury, but it kind of is like, I, I want the people who are like, Oh, I'm so excited to, to learn what your process is. So then I can go and mash it together with what I'm doing. And like you said, take it away and make it your own and, and excited to collaborate and things like that. But I don't ever want, cause then it's like an, a weird power dynamic where like someone's coming cause they, they, hold on one second. There was a, um, siren going by, but someone coming to me because they need something. And then it just becomes this like weird dynamic of like, then I'm always the one they're going to for the help. And I'm like, no, but you're the one. Like in the end, I want to give you the information that's going to build you up 
So then you can go out and do those things that you want to do. But again, it's it's like the wanting versus the needing. Um, but you totally nailed it right there. Cause that, and that's like the clients I want too. I want clients who, yeah, sure. They know that I can help them with something, but not cause they're desperate just cause like they want to do the next thing. They want to level up. They want to reach that next goal. Yeah. And it comes down to the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, you're the business owner, right? So you should be the the authority. There shouldn't always be someone that you're dependent on to be able to run your business because you can't, you, well, I mean, I guess some people can continue like that by paying for more and more mentorship or more and more coaching or whatever you want to call it. But it it's not a sustainable way to run a business. And it's also really not great for your profits when you're constantly paying someone to feel that to give you that confidence or more like that validation, right? You're like looking at someone always to say to you, yes, this is the right thing, which as entrepreneurs, it can get really lonely when you work on your own and you're kind of questioning and you don't have a team or, you know, there's no one to sit down with really and go like, is this the right decision or not? I don't know. And it's a lot of self-trust that I think a lot of, I would say people who aren't business owners, we don't have that much self-trust, especially if you've worked in a corporate job where you've been like, constantly had a manager you've constantly had a team you've constantly had people around you to go out there and just make all these big decisions on your own is like scary as hell and sometimes we we do need a bit of validation but you don't want to need that forever that's such a beautiful way to put it that the whole idea of self-trust like that's what we're with our whole uncertified you know philosophy and everything it's about helping someone develop self-trust and not um, not trusting solely in someone else's process or pathway or thinking like, okay, they got where I want to go. So I'm going to take their map and I'm going to go implement it. It's like, no, what yeah, you can look at it and you can try it out. But in the end, like trusting yourself to make those decisions for your own business. And I find, especially with creatives that go into strategy, um, we have a tendency to not trust ourselves because we're creatives are always going into the unknown. We are, that is our, our whole job is to innovate. Our whole job is to create something in a new way or to help people see something in a new way to communicate in a different way. And so we're always going into the unknown. And so then when you bring that into your own business or into strategy or into entrepreneurship, it gets so scary because you're like, oh no, like, I just want someone to tell me what to do. Can you just tell me, like, give me the process that worked. So I know that I'm not going to waste my time instead of just like trust your creativity that just like you did in projects, trust that you can use that same thinking in your business. And yeah, some stuff is not going to work out, but if you could just keep going and you learn from it, that you, you will end up in places you never dreamed possible. But yeah, it's a, it's a difficult muscle. The whole trusting yourself is so hard, so hard. It's funny you said that about like we want the answers and especially as creatives I think because you're not working with like there's no numbers there's no data there's mm -hmm. no like and I think when I um had done my graphic design course and then I started thinking oh maybe I could do this you know started designing logos and little by little you you start getting clients and I remember thinking it was so hard as well to like price myself because I was like I don't know whether my process like I don't know whether this project is going to take me 20 hours 40 hours it depends on literally my own creativity there's no process like sometimes you nail it after an hour and sometimes you're sat there in front of illustrator for 10 hours trying to make a good logo <laughs> concept you know and it's like how do you price this as well because you, you there's no time limit for creativity mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that's so true um 
by I tell people because we were we were talking about this in my group a while ago, and I was like, that is why we need to learn how to charge an obscene amount of money that seems obscene to us. It might not to like we have to also realize that just because it seems like a lot to us doesn't mean it's going to seem like a lot to the clients mm. and to check our assumptions there. But we need to charge enough where it feels like, oh, I have margin. I have margin in case I spend a ton of time thinking about this or it doesn't come as quickly as I thought. And to to value that, though, too, because we yeah, we do tend to undercharge. Okay, so going back to this, your philosophy of uncertified. So if um, someone is a, is a designer right now and they're like, this sounds really cool. Like, I don't really need to get the certification. You know, I can just kind of step into into brand strategy. Obviously, there is certain things that they need to learn and to do. So what would you suggest to someone who's in that position now where they're kind of like, OK, I don't maybe I don't need to get a certification. What should they be doing? I guess that's what your boot camps for, right? Yeah, but I think even beyond that, like like taking my products out of it, we'll mm -hmm. say um, our whole idea of your curiosity is your certification. So then I would start getting curious about if I was the designer, I would get curious about what I want. And I would start getting curious about myself. Like, okay, why is it that I'm even going into this? What am I trying to do? What is my goal? What would it look like if I got there? And I would start being very curious, asking myself questions. What's wrong with what I'm doing now? What if I never changed what I'm doing? What's at risk? And start asking these questions because at the core of it, like that's what we do in brand strategy is ask questions, like define a goal and then figure out how we want to get there. And that's what we want to start doing with ourselves first. So I think it always starts with us as, as like the person and the business owner. And so get very curious about ourselves. And I think by uncovering those things, you're going to see what you're going to be able to do next. And it might be taking a course. It might just be reading a book. So just defining like, where is it that you want to go? What's getting in the way? Why is it that you really want that thing? What do you think it's going to do for you? And start, yeah. So it's a lot of self-reflection, I would say, to just start there. And then once you have something, like you see what you want and what's getting in the way, I would get curious of like, okay, if I know that thing is in my way, how do I solve that then? How might I solve that? And now you look at your resources, your time, your budget with what you you have, how can you get that solved? So like, let's say a designer um, decided that, okay, yeah, strategy is the way I wanna go. I think it's gonna help grow my business, but I don't have that much money yet. And I don't know if I really wanna do it yet. Okay, well, now you see you wanna be a strategist, but you don't really have much to invest. Well, what do you have? to invest? Well, I have a little bit of time. So maybe that looks like researching it online. Maybe it looks like reaching out to a strategist and asking them how they got started. Maybe it looks like starting listening to podcasts or buying books about it just to get curious about it. And I think by doing that, you're going to find the road that's right for you. But I think it's when we start listening to those voices telling us what to do. <laughs> really like, you should do this because this is what's going to happen. That's when we start maybe investing in things that might not be best for us. But I think as long as we stay curious about ourselves too, it's like first off, stay curious about yourself, that that's going to lead us to, uh, you know, whether it's a course, whether it's a mentor, a book, a video that will help us get to the next step that we need to go to. I think that's great advice. It's not just go to the most expensive strategy program <laughs> and then just buy that and that'll tell you the, the, the proven framework and then boom, you'll be a strategist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we believe like with, with our uncertified way, we believe that your way is the right way. And so you're going to try stuff that's not going to work for you. Like we want that. We want you to go out and try things that are 
that don't work because you'll see why. You'll see why they didn't work for you. You'll see what you want to alter and change. And so it's great to go out there and try stuff. But at the end of the day, we want to help people get to the point where they are making those hard decisions of like, you know what? I saw so-and-so did, th did that and they say it's the way to go, but it's not working for me. It's not working for my clients and I'm not going to do it. We want you to make those kinds of decisions because you're taking ownership of your process. You're taking ownership of how you show up and how you serve your clients. And, and in the end, that is what's going to make you set apart from everybody else are those types of decisions. And you really need to learn that by actually doing the process. A course can't teach you that. You really kind of need to be either mm -hmm. on Zoom or in the room with the client and go through these processes and go through these projects to see like where the bumps in the road are because you watch a course and everything's perfectly laid out in a framework and then you go to a meeting with someone and you're like right I've got my script got my presentation got my the exercise that we're gonna do I know what I'm gonna ask and then boom the client says something that is not in the script and you're like shit what do I do now because this is not what the course didn't talk, talk about this what do I do yeah it's all about learning how to improv when you get thrown those curveballs that you're talking about or I talk about when your framework fails you because it's going to your framework cannot it cannot handle all of those curveballs that that your clients throw you and the weird things they say and the weird I mean who would have thought that covid would have happened like there's just so many unknowns and that's the thing about uncertified is like getting comfortable the more comfortable we can get with the unknown and to trust that it's about our problem solving skills and we all these frameworks and exercises and process we can use those as tools and they will they will really they will help us out a ton but it's really us it's us as problem solvers that are the ones using the tools and so when they fail us when we get to a point where oh this tool is not working for me anymore we then get to be the decision makers and the problem solvers going okay that didn't work what am i going to do now and it happened one time in um it was a client workshop a few years ago and I was hired through an agency. It was me and another strategist. I never met the client until the day of the workshop. I got into the room and there was like four people on the client side and I was using my normal framework, the one that I developed and totally fine. And I get a couple exercises in and I could tell the client was just not bought in. They weren't bought into the process. They were very much resisting my questions. I don't think they were really prepared for what that was gonna happen and it just, they just weren't in alignment with what I needed that day. And I realized like, oh, this is not going well. And I could have, I could have tried to pivot and gone into like, what's going on? You know, do you want to talk about it? Um, but what I decided was like, you know what, based on how I'm feeling at the moment, because I was very scared and how the client was reacting. I was like, I'm just going to end it here. Like, I'm just going to make a decision and I'm going to end that whole thing here. And I'm going to figure out how to make the strategy based on what we're able to collect without doing this workshop. And so I told them like, you know what, I think we got what we needed right now. We might ask you some questions later and gather all the other information, do some research and um, we'll just end early. And so they were like, okay, fine. And I had to come to the conclusion that, cause I didn't know it was gonna happen. I was freaked out that they were gonna fire us and I was gonna make a bad impression to the agency that hired us. And I thought, you know what, no, I'm gonna do the best I possibly can with what I'm able to get from them and from the research that I do. And I'm going to do work that I'm proud of and that I believe is going to serve the client the best in this situation. And from there, I'm going to release it. And if they want to fire us, cool. <laughs> if they don't, okay. And it ended up fine. And the client was extremely happy. 
but it was one of those moments where I had, I had to trust, I had to trust myself in that moment to just make the decision and to keep moving forward. And I, and, and it happened even in my own framework, like the one that I developed. And then even in that, I had to rely on myself and be like, okay, you got to make a decision. You, you have to improv in this moment and make this decision on like, what are you going to do? And then accept that I don't have control over the outcome, but I have control over how I show up and what I decide to do. And it's, it's those types of things that we need to work on is getting comfortable in the unknown, scary, scary situations that we're so afraid to get ourselves into. Wow. I, that sounds like a bit of a scary situation. If I, if I imagine myself in it, I'm like, Oh, that feels really uncomfortable. But I think as well, you, you, can ask all the same questions but at the end of the day you're dealing with human beings right so you can't control how a human being responds and you never know whether someone on the team has had a bad day they're thinking about something else they're not really feeling that open maybe they're not really your type of person and you just don't really have that like good vibes between you so they're just kind of like giving you the answers that they think you want to hear and that's it like you just can't control humans right so those situations could easily come up yeah and it, maybe that's why a lot of us designers who are introverted like to hide behind our email and we like to send questionnaires, but we don't want to hop on the phone with a client. Like I'm noticing that as it could be just the designers that usually come to me, but I'm noticing a pattern that a lot of them want to say behind the scenes. They don't want that interaction with people. They just want to stick in their hole and create. And I get it. I totally get it because humans are scary and they're volatile and you don't know what they're going to do. And they're emotional and, all the things. And so I understand why we want to hide away in our little caves. But um, but I think that's going to, if someone's able to face that and the unknown and be okay with, with that, the better their business is going to do. Yeah. And that all comes down again to that, that um, self-trust that we talked about before. That's what you need to be able to deal with that. It's making me laugh because you're talking about this. And I remember one of the first websites I ever designed, I never got on one phone call with the client. We did everything over questionnaires, emails, Loom videos at most was like me showing her what I'd created, but we never got on one call. And now I look back at that situation, I'm like, wow, that's really weird. Why didn't we just set up a call? You know, it would have been so much easier. And I've also done the thing with clients of sending them like a really in-depth questionnaire as like homework. And then now that I've done more learning and courses and, you know, all the things that you do to learn um, and learn a lot more about like how to facilitate workshops, I'm like, God, why didn't I just do a workshop? That would have been so much easier than giving the client like, a gazillion questions to answer on a questionnaire and like obviously I look back now and I'm like oh I probably could have provided a much better experience but at the same time it's like you know the prices that I was charging were reflective of what I was offering and the stage that I was at in my business but you know you look back then and you think oh I could have done that so much better if I had the the confidence that I have now like two and a half years later oh yeah oh yeah I look back at my early days and I'm like oh that was bad but it, you know most of them I've, I, luckily, I haven't had too many, you know, difficult, super difficult um, situations with clients. So I'm really happy about that. But it could have been a lot smoother. It could have been a lot more cost effective, things like that. Yeah, I sent those questionnaires too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's not necessarily a a bad thing, I don't think. But I think it depends as well on your clients. Like, 
different type of clients are looking for different things. Like maybe the person that I designed the website for where I definitely didn't charge enough and I definitely didn't get on any calls, the price reflected that and some people are looking for that and other people are looking for someone to do a lot more of the the hard work and the hand holding. And you know, when you get to the point where you're doing like workshops and things with people, it's a lot more hours of your time and you there's a lot more that goes into it from from your side, I think. So mm-hmm. kind of depends on what people are looking for and there's yeah. there's a client for every type of yes like, project yeah. you know yeah it's a beautiful way to look at it um okay so talking more about like entrepreneurship um because I'm only two and a half years into my business so I'm still like a little <laughs> I'm still learning a lot and I feel like I've had so much growth in two years that I'm like god I don't even know what's going to happen in the next when I look back two years from now it's probably going to be like even you know there's going to be even more differences in in how everything's going and everything but in your years of entrepreneurship working for yourself like have you had high highs and low lows or has it been kind of like oh yeah high highs oh, and low lows? No. oh yeah oh yeah um yeah it's that you know they talk about feast or famine i've gone through that previously um even now, like when we, when we want to try something new, you know, there's, um, there's something my friend said, and I really connected with it. And he said, there's, I think it was Nancy Duarte who, who was talking about optimization and innovation. And she said, there's this S curve with optimization where you can, let's say you found something that works in your business. You're like, great, I have this product. People are buying it. Awesome. And you optimize all the process and, how you market it and all the things. And so it's, it's going, it's selling, it's doing great. And then there's a little it starts to plateau or it starts to dip. And there's a point where there is diminishing returns. Like you keep doing the same thing, but you're actually not getting the results that you want. And if you've been in business long enough, like we've all like experienced that where like, yeah, it's going great. It's going great. Okay. It's not going great. <laughs> like whether it's because a new competitor came in or because trends have changed or culture or language changes and our messaging is a little off and we become irrelevant like who who knows the reasons but there's always this point where it's like oh we're we're starting not to get as much of the results that we thought we were or that we were previously and and my friend had said then there's this piece where the next step is to innovate so then as you see the curve it's like the s curve it kind of dips then you innovate and then it, you have another S curve and it just keeps doing that until you just keep growing and you keep innovating. The scary part is that between optimizing and innovating is a gap and it's a gap of results. It's a gap of feedback. And we have to take this leap of faith from something that worked that we knew worked, but is not working as well now. And we have to jump with a leap of faith to this innovation and to test out a new thing. And I have, I feel like that's defined my journey because I've gotten something that's worked. It's been great, but for whatever reason, like, like there early on in my career when I was a designer, um, I had some clients that were great. They were fantastic. They gave me consistent work, but there was a time where I was like, I'm tired of this. Like the work is tiring. I'm on call. It's just, it's really hard. And like where I was in my life at the time. And it just wasn't giving me back what, I need it. So I was starting to, you know, dip in the results. And so I needed to do something different. And so then 
Um, at that time, I think I, I focused more on doing brand identity. And so I had to take that leap of faith of like, okay, I'm going to start trying to get more of these types of clients, but I didn't know if it was going to work or not. And so jumping in and trying that. And then when I switched to brand strategy, that was another leap of innovation where I think I went, went for four months without any new clients and I was freaking out. And I'm like, oh no, should I do something else? And, but then part of me was all, I know where I'm headed. Like I want to switch to brand strategy. I know this is going to be helpful for, for my clients. And I'm just going to keep my eyes straight on that goal. Like if, if I have to take out a loan, if I have to borrow money, like I know where I'm headed and I can make it. And I got through that because I was focused, laser focused on doing that. And then I got that innovation. And then, um, I came out with this program like three years ago mm. and that was another thing. Like that's another new thing that I'm like, I'm going to try this out and I'm going to take this risk and see how it goes. And I feel like that's just the cycle that um, that's the cycle of my business. I don't know how other people, how, you know, they have, they will have different journeys, but mine has been that pattern of like, I'll do something for a few years, then great. And then I'll have to innovate every few years. And it's good to just have that outlook and be like, you know, th those moments come, but I know that I can get through them and I can get out the other side because I think that maybe those are the moments where a lot of people give up or they think that they're doing something wrong or they start questioning themselves because they're like, whoa, everything's not working in this nice pattern like it was before. Yeah, exactly. And I've now worked myself for almost eight years. And so whenever I get those dips, I, I tell myself, okay, look over the past eight years and tell me when, when you should have stopped. And like, there's no, there's no time that I, I should have stopped because when I kept going, it, it was fine. It just like, just keep going, like, just keep showing up, keep trying, keep connecting with people, keep talking about what you want to do. People will connect you with others. Like, it's just about to just keep going. And so when I look back at, okay, I've been doing this for eight years now and I have not completely burned out and I haven't ruined things, like things are good then it's a, it's a really nice reminder. And like, same with you, like you have, you're a couple years in, you look back over those few years and you can like remind yourself, even in those hard times, like I'm still here, I'm still here. I still have something to give. I have something valuable to give people. Um, it's a good reminder, but yeah, I still have those days where I'm like, oh no, oh no, should I do this? And it's like, it's a silly, it's silly at this point because I have so much proof for myself that you're fine. <laughs> But it's still like if I have a really good month too, um, that is more unplanned. Like I'll have so certain months where like I have random like huge client come in or, you know, something we launch with our, our program and we'll have a great unexpected month. And then I think the next month, oh no, can I do that again? Can I replicate that month again? When, you know, I just have to look back at what were the actions that I've taken consistently that would bring in those, we'll call it luck or those opportunities, because there are certain things that I do that like being on podcasts and talking to people and attending certain events. Like there are certain things that I do on a consistent basis that makes it like makes those opportunities come a lot more than they would if I didn't do anything. So. Yeah. Getting out of your circle and kind of like expanding into like reaching new people who maybe have not heard of, about you before or reaching yeah I think talking about that that's interesting that you said you went for four months without um getting a new client because I think that's something that also people don't talk about it's like but I think there's this 
we have to remember online people are marketing their own businesses right so no one's going to be like guys i haven't had a new client for four months you know like we don't really hear a lot of those like transparent stories but yet when i work with my clients and we're all having conversations i'm like there are so many people who have gone months without sales and you know some people make it to oh my god it's been like two weeks without the sale and i'm like people go months and like even like the more experienced business owners go sometimes you know because of other circumstances they go a couple of months or a few months without clients like it, it can happen it's not the end of the world as long as you don't make it mean something about you or how good you are at your job that's such a good point yeah it's all the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves of oh no i don't have a client what does this mean about me it means i can't do it it means i'm not good enough it's like no it, it might mean like something really weird and random like i was listening to a podcast um what is his name um it's the music producer he's like produced a ton of music and he just wrote a book on creativity as well and he said you never you, you have to define success as finishing the thing and shipping it so if it's a song like finish the song and ship it because you're not in control over how it's taken in the marketplace and how people take it because he said there's some things that should have been hits that went out into the public and he said because of the weirdest things like they came out on like a time where you know something happened in the news and so nobody was listening to the music or um somebody else came out with something and he said you you can't you you can't account for all of the weird random things that happen in the world that affect your your business and your creativity and how it's taken and so he said you need to define success then by doing it like do the thing share the thing and that's it that's success and so it was a really good reminder because yeah, there's like economy stuff or like just, I don't know, really weird. Like what if your site was, you know, not listed on Google for some reason, or, you know, there's just like really weird circumstances of why that have nothing to do with you. That might be a reason why you're not getting clients, but to not let that stop you from showing up and doing the things that you know will eventually bring in the um the needed clients and customers i think that's what happens we start saying something about ourselves and then we stop doing the things that we need to be doing because we're like well it doesn't matter i'll do it and no no i'm not going to get anything out of it and it's like well you may think about it a little differently yeah oh i've never thought about that about like songs that would have been hits or like things that happen like that like the external circumstances that kind of like stop the success the success that you're looking for from happening basically yeah yeah and we can't control anybody else so we have to just control our own our own thoughts talking about this i'm going to ask you a question that i think like every creative and like person who works for themselves have if they are well designers or brand strategists and they are in that stage right now where they don't have clients you said apart from going on podcasts going to events did you say and kind of like expanding that reach to to meet new people do you have any any other advice for creatives who are like looking for clients what should they do yes i do so i was just talking to someone the other day and they were talking about how they had a conversation with someone about finding they were they were unsure who their ideal client was because if they could know that they would know where to show up but they had they even had an issue knowing who their ideal client is. Cause we talk a lot about that in brand strategy. Like who do you want to target and who do you want to attract? And normally the advice would be like, well, you got to know who your ideal client is because then you'll know where to show up. Like you'll know what podcast to go on. You'll know what, what networking. And I think there's a step before that. 
And I think it is about knowing yourself and it is about the self-reflection and knowing what you believe. So I'm on this like new thought path of this, this whole idea of like niche around a philosophy or a belief. Like, what do you believe about businesses that you wish were different? What do you believe about brands that nobody's talking about? What do you believe about marketing? What do you, like, give me something that you feel very strongly about. Like I, I feel really strongly about uncertified. Like I believe we have enough. We have enough to start doing something. That's not the message everybody is preaching out there, but I want to, I want to remind people they have enough to do it right now so they can feel like they can, they can do it. I want that. Is there a message that they feel very strongly about that is somehow connected to their business that they could talk about? And I say that develop that first, get your point of view, get your point of view that you could be remembered for and then go out on podcasts and then go see who might be connected to that message because that's going to be your ideal client is someone who believes it's very like start with why Simon Sinek idea. I finally got it. I was like, Oh, that's what he was talking about. (laughs) That then you can go out and find the people who believe the same things you do. But I think until you know what you believe and what you believe very strongly, you don't really have anything to say. So except like, Hey, I can do this service for you. And it's like, well, cool. But what can you do for me right now in this conversation? Like I, I think if people have something valuable to give in a conversation, they can give them, even if they never hire them, you know, as a a client, um, creative or service provider that they still get something from the conversation. So, um, I would say first off, develop your point of view, whatever that is, what you believe very strongly and then go out and see where you could be talking about it. Where where would someone potentially care? I don't know. That might be podcasts. That might be a Reddit thread. That might be Instagram. Like, just go start talking to people about it and see what happens when you start, you know, developing this philosophy out loud. Even if you don't understand it totally and you aren't totally clear about it, if you just have a curiosity about something, like, hey, I wonder what would happen. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, this, this one person I'm coaching, she wants to work with climate businesses and people who care about the climate. And so we were talking about what that could look like and what she could do to get those clients. And as I was talking with her, she said this really cool thing. She's like, I believe that every business can be a climate business. And I was like, that's an interesting thought. Like, what do you mean? And she said, well, no matter the business, like even mine being an online business, she said, there's something you can do that would benefit the climate, like with climate change and all that. And I'm like, that is super interesting. Cause like, I never thought about that besides like giving to a charity or something. She's like, no, there's actually things on how you run your business that could impact the climate. And I was like, whoa, that is like such a cool, different point of view that I've never heard before. She's actually starting a podcast all around this idea. So that's the type of thing I'm I'm talking about, but she doesn't know like what that looks like. She's like, I believe this and I'm going to, I want to figure out like, what does that look like? Like, what does that mean for businesses? What, um, it's like exploring the hypothesis versus staying, saying like, this is true. And I want everyone to know it. It's like, Hey, I think I believe this and I want to explore this idea. And, but it's a great point of view in seeing the world that gets attention. Like those are the types of things that get attention. And, um, that's what I would, I would suggest to people and it's risky and it's difficult and it's hard because it's something that people are, they're scared to say something 
that's different than everyone else because they're going to get criticized and they will. But um, I would, I would, uh, that's what I would suggest people do, but it is a scary thing and I'm not denying that it's not. That's interesting. I, I actually like posted about this not that long ago, which was like, because everyone says the first step is figuring out your target audience. And I, and I've always questioned that because I've had clients who've come to me and they're like, I'm still working on my ideal client. And I'm like, work on you. I, I say the same thing. Like, I'm like, work on you. Like you can't, you can change your ideal client, but you can't change you as a person, right? You can't change who you are. So I actually heard someone talk about this as like, um, kind of like dating where it's like, you don't start like morphing into what your date wants you to be. So you figure out who you are first and then you attract people and start going on dates with people who have the same values as you, who, you know, kind of align with, with your way of thinking, which is kind of what we should be doing as entrepreneurs if we're trying to you know, work with clients and service, if we're service providers, that's what's going to be most important because otherwise you're just going to live like trying to kind of fit into the mold. It's like when you're in high school and you're trying to make the group of people who are cool like you and you're like, I'm going to pretend to like this because maybe they'll like me, you know, and we, you can't live like that the whole. No, it's not sustainable. Life. I love that. I love that comparison. It's not sustainable because the true colors will shine through. The, like the the real because whatever those values are whatever you truly are they're gonna show up in consistent action over time and that includes businesses like businesses are like people so it's gonna come through in customer service it's gonna come through in how the product is delivered like what we truly value is gonna be communicated through all these different channels so it's easier to just find out who the business truly should be and who what they do believe and then infuse that and just remind people of that in all of the different areas and customer service and product development and marketing than it is to manufacture a brand presence that they truly aren't and then trying to force everybody into it because it's going to come out and the, like where they truly are is going to come through and it's not going to be it's it, that's when you get like the dissonance and the like you're getting a few different messages being told from a business and you're like, I'm really confused what they do or what they stand for. That's what's happening. It's because they're trying to be something that they're not. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great example that you shared. And I think, do you know what? I, I can really relate to that feeling like a bit confused because like I said, I'm only like two and a half years into my business and I feel like I'm still developing what my thing is because I've been, like I said before about like, I don't know, the strategic product suite thing. Like I had to try and force myself to do that, to figure out that it really didn't sit well with me to then figure out like, I don't agree with this. And think I think sometimes you have to like kind of test out what you agree with, what you don't. And like, it can be, I I've had a lot of moments in my business where I've been like, I think I might be confusing my audience because I'm still developing me and it's not something that you can do in a one month or three month coaching program. Like it can be like something that develops over time. Um, and I've had clients say to me, no, I think everything that you say makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you know me. But I think to the outsider audience, like maybe there has been things where they've thought, oh, Sarah said this and now she's saying that and it's not quite. And I think I I sometimes worry about that, but then other times I just sit with it and think I, I need time to figure it out and it's a process and it, it doesn't happen overnight. And I guess most entrepreneurs go through through that, oh, yeah. you know? I'm still confused. Yeah, <laughs> I'm eight years in 
I'm still, there's still stuff that I'm like, wait, what? What? And then I, I'm all, oh, I, I finally have a message. And it's like, yeah, but are you consistently telling that message across all your platforms? I'm like, no. <laughs> like there's still, there's always going to be, I think that's the exciting part is there's always going to be confusion for us to get clarity on. And that's what, what partially drives me to keep going is because I'm still confused. So I'm like, cool, I'm just going to keep going. And I have a good friend that said confusion is our compass. And so when we, when we get to a point in our business where we're like, I'm so confused on this, or I'm confusing my my customers, or I'm not doing this right, that instead of beating ourselves up over it, we can actually use it as a compass of, well, maybe that's the direction that we need to head in and start getting clarity around that and 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 use the confusion as information that will help us make better decisions, but that it, we don't have to run from confusion, that we can actually run towards it and it it's going to help us and that was a lot of relief because then i didn't feel like i had to have everything perfectly dialed in that i could be talking about this message even though i had no idea exactly how to say it <laughs> like in a concise way and over time i get more and more clear about it and then i get clear about that and i get confused about something else and it just keep going <laughs> that's fine. that's actually i've never thought about it like that confusion is our compass is that what mm -hmm. you said mm -hmm. Yeah, I love, I love that perspective. That's so true. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I think we're always looking for this end point, aren't we? Where we're like, oh, everything's like, I've got it all figured out. And like, really, when you think about it, no one ever has it all figured out, do they? No. And if we did, where would we go next? And yeah. I think about I think about that a lot. It's like if I really did have all those things that I wanted and I really did have it all figured out, well, then I, I'm a problem solver. So then I would have no problems to solve and that would be really boring. And, you know, sometimes I, I, I think one of the things that I beat myself up about is when you said like, oh, am I sharing my message consistently on all platforms? Like, especially like the theory around like building a brand is that you you should be doing that right and we know the theory and then sometimes it's the hardest thing to do that for yourself but you're the one who's like helping other people do it in your job and you're like am I a hypocrite because I'm telling everyone else to do this but I'm not really doing it myself do you know what I mean oh yeah oh yeah I think it's uh it makes us even more worried because we're all I tell other people this and then I find myself not and I think we also are holding a mic we're closer to it so we see all the places that were inconsistent, whereas someone who's maybe farther out from us, that they're like squinting their eyes, looking towards our way. And they're like, oh, it all seems pretty consistent. But when we're close up next to it, we see every single minor detail of all of the things that are not consistent. It's like, well, yeah, but we're probably the only ones looking that close. And other people are just getting a general because here's the thing. People are getting a general feeling about us. And isn't that brand? Like the in the at the end of the day, it's becoming top of mind, but it's really like a feeling like, oh, I just have, I just believe this about this person or about this brand or this business. And I just know it. Like it's this knowing and this gut knowing because they've been given messages that are that are in different senses, like visually, they're being given um, messages in, in actual messaging and words and emails, and they've been interacting with us in, in who knows what way, we don't know. And they're getting a gut feeling about us. Whereas we're really close to all of the single things that were like emails that we're sending out and the posts that were, and they're not seeing everything. They might just be skimming it, but they're still getting a gut feeling reinforced. So we just have to remember that. 
that is so true yeah i'm like picking apart like one or two words in my email and they're not even paying attention because like you say they're just giving it overview and they know they get a feeling of whether you know oh i'm curious about this person i you know i feel good when i read their emails i don't like they're not thinking like oh there's this one or two words that looks strange whereas i'm picking myself apart being like oh, i should have changed that <laughs> yeah yeah and i start thinking like when i get hyper focused on things like that like, oh no, is it formatted right? Or is, or do I have like grammatically right or spelling? Is that I have to remind myself, like, what is the most, for me, what is the most important thing at this moment? And for me, it's to connect with people and it is to connect emotionally with them. And so that's what I always want to focus on. And so I let the spelling, like I check my spelling, but I let it go. Like at the end of the day, like I'll let it go. And um, because I want the main focus to be like, yeah, but did you connect emotionally though? Because that's what I care most about. And I think sometimes we can get wrapped up in all the things that aren't that. And we forget that it's what, what's really about, like, what are we truly trying to do? And we lose, when we lose focus of that, we start caring about things that aren't going to push the needle forward really for us. Yeah. I think that's so true. Um, well it's been lovely to talk to you melinda um do you want to tell us like people who are listening where they can find you and about your program a little bit what you do inside the brand strategy Bootcamp? yeah i'd love to thank you um melindalivesy.com is where people can check out what i do i have a free brand strategy 101 email course especially it's really geared towards creatives who are having a difficult time with their clients or maybe too many revisions or not sure what they're aiming at and just having a difficult time um it's best for those people and then we do have a brand strategy boot camp it is a year-long program it's pretty long um but it is meant to help people you know, come in who maybe want to fill the gaps in their process. Maybe they want to start from scratch, but they want to do brand strategy. They know they do. And they want by the end of that 12 months to feel like confident doing it consistently. Um, that's why we do it for 12 months because we have coaching support and community support in there that we know that there's going to be those ups and downs and we want to be there with people over that time. And so the, um, we found that a year is about the good, a good time to help people get to at least a place where they feel confident in moving forward. And then we do run mini boot camps here and there. We just finished up um, a three week one recently. That's just a taste of what we do in our big boot camp. So that if you're on my email list, you'll probably hear about it. And then I am on Instagram um, and LinkedIn under Melinda Livesey. Okay, perfect. I can already tell that some people who are listening are going to be going for that uh, course where they, when you're talking about like having a difficult time or a lot of revisions, I'm like, been there. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, well, thank you so much for this chat. It's been so interesting. And I feel like um, we have a lot of like, similar views and, and values. And it's been really nice to, to get to know you. You too, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Thank you.